We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grown up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Pastor. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Jarrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors. This is Field of 68 after dark. Hello and welcome in to one of the final shows of 2023 here on Field of 68 after dark. Hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. Uh, hope everybody has a uh, beautiful and safe end of the year we got a lot to talk about in college basketball including some breaking news involving uh, a top 25 college basketball team and its star player uh and, and the ramifications potentially of everything uh involving that news we'll get into that today on the show we'll get into some superlatives the biggest surprises the biggest disappointments we're going to handicap the aac race which actually sneakily Okay, looks like one of the, you know, <laughs> tightest races in all of college basketball. So we'll do that today on the show. I'm John Martin. Hold it down with my guys, Randolph Childress, Wake Forest basketball legend, college basketball coaching veteran and college basketball analyst here uh, on the field of 68, as well as my man, Matt McCall, also college uh, basketball coaching veteran and college basketball analyst here joining me tonight. We're going to get into all those things a little bit later. USC Oregon going to go final. We'll get into that. But first, fellas, um, appreciate you being here. Got to start with the news of the day. Uh, and that, in, of course, involves Illinois basketball star Terrence Shannon Jr., who has been suspended from all team activities after he was charged with rape, the school announced on Thursday. So the facts of the case, as we know them, a warrant for his arrest was issued by the Douglas County, Kansas District Attorney's Office earlier this week over an alleged sexual assault that happened in September. Illinois was playing Kansas in Lawrence uh, that weekend, and that explains why Terrence Shannon was in Lawrence. According to those records, uh, he did turn himself in. He was arrested in Lawrence uh, earlier today on a charge of rape, sexual intercourse without and use of force. We do have statements uh, from both Terrence Shannon's uh, attorney as well as the school. Let's start with the school. Uh, DIA and campus officials have been aware of a Lawrence police investigation into Shannon since late September, but until Wednesday had yet to receive actionable information. Shannon's arrest triggers the student athlete misconduct policy. He's been immediately suspended from all team activities. Now, 
for Terrence Shannon Jr.'s part, his attorney released the following statement. Since September, when these allegations surfaced, Terrence has cooperated with law enforcement, declaring his innocence from the beginning. Several months later, my office learned that formal charges were filed against him in Lawrence. In less than 24 hours, my client responded and voluntarily surrendered to authorities for processing and release. Terrence of these charges, and he intends to take his case to trial. So that is where all of this stands, obviously uh, still awaiting really any facts beyond the ones that I just laid out. So Matt, as someone that's been, you know, in the college coaching industry, is there anything Brad Underwood can do? Uh, or is this a situation that is just totally out of his hands? I, I think that it's totally out of his hands. I think anytime there's a legal matter and Brad's been, or coach Underwood's been doing this too long um, and have ha has had too much success just to put a player out there on the floor just to win games, uh, especially in a situation like this. The school's involved, the president's involved, the athletic administration's involved, from the AD to your sport oversight. I mean, everybody's involved in this situation. To just throw Terrence Shannon out there on the floor just to win games with a matter this serious – and, you know, I'll let RC talk on this too, but, you know, for us even to comment on it when we really don't have all the information from either side, no one's really saying a ton, um, is, is difficult for us to do uh, in such a sensitive, you know, matter. And there's two sides to this. There's two sides to the story. But for Coach Underwood, you know, for him doing this, he's been doing it way too long and had too much success. This is not just his decision to put Terrence Shannon out there on the floor just to win basketball games. Not when you're dealing with something as serious as this. Yeah, I, only thing I'd like to add to that is just, you know, I, I, I pray it should go out to everybody involved in this. This is, this is just a tragic situation to happen and uh, for all parties involved, for, you know, Terrence Shannon and, and his this, you know, and again, we don't. It's not about guilt, guilt or innocence here. We're not judge or jury. No one is. We don't know anything. No one knows the facts of this case. But it's just an unfortunate thing. And prayers is to to both sides that they can, you know, that this situation just resolves itself in some kind of way. And whoever gets help that they need to to move past it is the only thing I can comment about it right now. Until we get more information, it's just not much to say. There hasn't been anything said, for, you know, in a formal sense. So. Uh, it's difficult for us to even comment on that. So uh, just continue prayers to those all, all, all parties involved. Agree completely. Um, just as it relates to, you know, guilt or innocence, nobody on this panel is qualified to weigh in on that one way or the other. There is, and again, I, I sort of feel a little, uh, you know, guilty even going here, but RC, there is a basketball aspect to this, um, and, it, and it's secondary. So, you know, again, I'm going to preface that by saying that, but this is a, a young man who is top 10 in the country in scoring 21 points a game, and we know for a team that's ranked at number 11 in the country and has big dreams and big aspirations, uh, this is a major loss. And if, you know, we're talking about going to trial here, it's hard to expect him to be back. Uh, I mean, th these things take a lot of time. The wheels of bureaucracy turn very slowly. So for Illinois' part in this, how can they, if at all, uh, rebuild w without Terrence Shannon Jr. on this team? You can't. 
I, I mean, it's, it's, you just can't, I, I think this is such a shock to everyone, um, you know, for coaches, for teammates, there's no preparation for anything like this. Um, no one's, no one's, you know, there, there's no handbook. There's no playbook for anything like this. You just, um, even Illinois is, is support, you know, you just want to find the facts, you know, the, it, it, we're all in, in higher education. You, you, it's about kids. And even when they do things to potentially harm each other, it's always about kids. And so uh, we don't know what's happening here. And I think Illinois, that's the last thing on their mind. They're trying to – I think it's probably best for, you know, Terrence Shannon with these allegations to be apart from the team, to focus on himself. And uh, as frustrating as that may be for him, you know, as he claims his innocence or whatever. But – from a basketball perspective, you're gonna they're gonna be faced with this question all year long. Every mm-hmm. time there's any news with the with with this, um, it's gonna be in everyone's has to answer on it, and they can't. I think the same thing we're talking about. What what is his teammates gonna say? What is what is anybody expecting Brad Underwood to say? There's just not much anyone's gonna be able to say other than a prepared statement because they weren't they wasn't there. They don't know anything, you know, either. So um, mm. just a challenge, you know, difficult thing again. And, and from a, you know, this is basketball is a secondary thing here. And I don't know if this team can, you know, will respond and, and I don't know how they would if they, if they tried. Yeah. yeah Matt, I mean, I, is, I, it, I, is I, it, go, go ahead, John, go ahead. You're, you're fine. I was just going to sort of, no, say I, go, I'm, but I'm, yeah, I'm with RC. It, it, it just becomes, it's going to become the topic that everyone's having to deal with with the media from Brad Underwood to the players, to everyone. And, you know, no one was expecting this and how do they respond from it is uh, again, I I don't know that any of us, you know, can comment on, Hey, this is what this team needs. They, They lose one of the best players in the country. So that's clearly going to hurt their team in terms of trying to win a big 10 championship in a league that, is deep, it's balanced. We see what Purdue's doing, but the basketball piece of this whole deal is is completely secondary. And like RC said, you know, there's a lot of different pieces to this. There's a lot of different parts to this. You know, there's two sides to this whole deal. And now you bring in all the other players with Illinois that are going to have to deal with this, Brad Underwood, and answer questions with regards to this. And it has nothing to do with basketball, but it's going to be a distraction for their team. So you know, the, the, the shock factor of this, especially with, you know, Big Ten play, and, and I know they've played Big Ten games already, but the meat of the schedule coming, you know, starting in January is is going to be difficult for them. Um, and it's not one of these things where, you know, if you're Brad Underwood, you can go into the locker room and say, hey, let's rally around this. That's, that's not this. This is not someone that got hurt. This is not, you know, right. a, a situation like that. So, this is not a rallying cry, you know, cry that you can do that around a situation that, you know, is involving a matter as serious as this matter is. Yeah, and and, and, I, and look, we could we could go down a lot of different paths here, and I could ask a lot of different follow up questions, but it would just be purely speculative in, in nature, uh, and really not uh, productive. I mean, quite frankly, based on the information that's available to us right now, I mean, th- that's all going to come out. I mean, you know, if 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 Terrence Channing Jr. and his attorney are saying that they uh, intend to take this thing to trial and, and and it goes that far, you know, we'll have more information and and that will that will all play out uh, in a courtroom. But until now, uh, we we have what we have. Illinois 
uh, will play its first game uh, post Terrence Shannon Jr. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, they'll be hosting Fairleigh Dickinson. So it will be interesting to see. Obviously, that competition is is a little uh, hard to gauge in terms of, you know, what, what will this look like in Big Ten play? But at any rate, it will be their first game without Terrence Shannon Jr. tomorrow. So there will be some intrigue there. Moving on, we did have uh, a fairly interesting game in college basketball tonight. Again, a pretty light night as, you know, finals are getting done and everybody's coming back to campus. Uh, the Oregon Ducks handle the USC Trojans 82-74. to This, of course, the USC team that came into this season, fellas, and they may come up again in this show uh, with, you know, look, a potential number one pick in the draft. Boogie Ellis coming back for his fifth season. Uh, Bronny James and... They're sitting here at 500, and it is not looking good. RC, what do you make of this USC team and why it had been able to really get off the ground this year? You know, it's been it's been interesting. It just doesn't seem like this team, like all the parts that fit right, you know, together uh, to start the season. And uh, as a, I, I'll start by saying this though: I'm happy to see Bronny James out there for what he's been through this summer. Just seeing him on the floor. Um, I think the entire year for these guys will be woulda, coulda, shoulda with him had he been healthy the entire year and been able to play because I, I enjoy watching him. It's fun the way he plays. He's a ball mover. He plays the right way. He's just a smaller version of his dad. I mean, he's not his dad. His dad is arguably the greatest player of all time. But the, the way they play the game, you know, in a cerebral manner, is he defends – He's just really good at a lot of things on the floor, and I think he'd be a fit on anyone's team. And I think if he was healthy, this team could use a hell of a lot more of Bronny James and what he brings. He, you know, in the in the minute restrictions that he's out there, he he does things. He just does a little bit of everything. He, he knocks down shots. He defends. Uh, he competes his tail off. So uh, one thing for sure is USC could use a hell of a lot more of that. Uh, this team is way talented, way too talented to be. Um, six six you know 500 right now this early in the year so um i just expect them to figure some things out their guard play is too strong it's, it's too too much nba talent in that backcourt and productive backcourt but they got to figure it out but right now the pieces aren't fitting and they're not working it's not working well together matt do you think that you know again when you if you start with okay i've got an equation here and the first part of that equation is i've got an a, a, a boatload of talent is it one of those things when you look at this group that it, it may be different in March? Like it may catch fire? Like is that sort of how you look at USC? I, I do. And, I, you know, I don't know what Bronny James's minute restriction is, but I'm with RC. When he's out there on the floor, the ball is moving. It's hopping around. He's trying to play the right way. When you look at him on the bench, he's cheering his teammates. He's celebrating their success. He's not sitting over there upset and angry that he's not playing. I, I'm with you. I do think this team can catch fire. I mean, you look at the numbers in the game tonight. I mean, they had 20 assists. The biggest discrepancy in the game was Oregon shot 32 free throws to USC's 15. That's a 17 free throw differential. That, I mean, that was the difference in the game. I mean, USC out-rebounded Oregon in the game as well. So, I, you know, they're so talented. Their backcourt is so good. What, what kind of minute restriction is Bronny on? And trying to work him back into the fold is a challenge for the coaching staff on how do we play this? What are the moving parts? How do we get him and mesh this group together? You got to remember, he, he missed so much practice time too, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another big key to this whole thing that 
this team could look completely different had he been practicing. Yeah, uh, we may revisit USC a little bit later. Also, the AAC, two top 25 teams. Is there a clear edge in that league? Get into it a little bit later. Stick around. You're watching Field of 68 After Dark. Back after this. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, Parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. We got a lot to get to here on the show. We're going to do some superlatives, most disappointing, most surprising, everything in between. Going to talk about uh, two uh, maybe contenders for the whole thing coming out of the AAC and FAU and Memphis. Because uh, I, I, I believe that's a legitimate statement. That's not me just putting on for the small guys. I think that's absolutely a fact. So we'll get into that. I can't uh, wait a little for that talk, John. I can't wait for it, baby. I'm excited about think, that You know what? I'm, I'm going to have to referee that one. I'm going to have to referee that one. Now, have you been on an FAU game yet, RC? I mean, that's uh, you may be a little – you may have a little Memphis agenda still until you get on an FAU call. So <laughs> no, anybody knows me know I'm a big FAU fan. Yeah, so we'll get into that. And I think I'm going to surprise you, Matt. I really do. But we'll save that for a little bit later. RC, I want to go back to Bronny because, you know, you talked about his minute restriction. And, 
look, this is a young man that is projected to go, you know, anywhere from five to 10 in the NBA draft. And obviously he had such a scare with his health that it's hard to evaluate him, but, but you have to, right? I mean, that's the game. So what, what is the fair way to evaluate him as he's trying to just get his legs under him, um, you know, and, and, and put together some kind of a season after all of that? You just judge him by what you see. And when you watch him play, he he's a guy that leaves you wanting more, right? He, he just plays the right way. He defends, he competes his tail off, and he leaves you intrigued. If he plays 10 minutes, if he plays 15 minutes, he's impactful when he's on the floor, and that's what you want. So if I'm, you know, for all the people who talk about great, uh, great players, I don't know how many great players in college right now that's going to be great to translate to the next level. All these guys are going to have a learning curve, but he's a guy that'll buy into a role that may not be projected to be a star at the next level, but he's going to come in as a ball handler, shot maker, and defender. And everybody wants guys like that. And and the way he plays. Like I said, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for his future. I just want to see him play a full season and get healthy. I think he'll get better, and as he gets better, I think they'll get better. Um, the only concern that I have for USC in general is you can't play your way in the tournament, uh, per se, in November and December, but you can play your way out of it. And I don't know if they're going to have enough games in the Pac-12 to get the quality wins to get themselves back in this thing. That That's my only concern. So. They're going to have to catch fire and, 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 and win against the Arizonas and, and the, the, the Colorados, and they're going to have to win some of those games and to, to, to get back into this race. Yeah, Matt, in, in, in terms of, you know, and he, he may or may not have a decision. I mean, it, it is, is it as easy as, you know, you just go after a year regardless of, you know, regardless of whether or not it takes off for you? I mean, if you're a guy that's – plus the opportunity to play with dad and, you know, that uh, that obviously maybe it's ticking. I don't know. LeBron's an, an absolute alien. But is it, as, is it as easy as if you're, you know, project top 10 pick, you just you have to go regardless of what you did in college? First of all, LeBron's not going anywhere, okay? Have you seen the guy lately? <laughs> <laughs> He's, not going. He's not going anywhere. I, I want to see Bronny come back. And this is not a financial decision for Bronny. I think his health and developing – I mean, you look at the jump that a lot of guys make from their freshman to their sophomore year in college. It becomes big. And if he could have a full summer to work out and grow and develop, and then he has the fall, and then he plays a full season, I mean, he could look completely different, and this USC team could look completely different next year with him being healthy. And I don't know that he's a top-10 pick right now. I, I, you know, I don't know if he's even a first-rounder just because – of everything that he's went through. I know there's yep. a lot of expectations that are placed on him. I get that. I want to see him come back, and I want to see what he mm -hmm. looks like as a sophomore with a full summer and a full <clears throat> fall. And like RC has alluded to, he's fun to watch. He, he leaves you wanting more because he plays the game the right way. And I think one of the most impressive things about with all the expectations that are placed on him and Nobody dealt with expectations better than his dad. On the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16, he was the most hyped high school player of all time, LeBron James. And all he's done is, is become yep. the NBA's all-time leading scorer, right? So nobody's been That's better it. at dealing with expectations in the history of sports than LeBron James. Yep. And I really believe that. So there's all these expectations on Bronny. Let him come back. Let's see what he looks like next year. 
Because I think he'd look completely different, and he plays the game the right way. He roots on his teammates. He's not over there sulking because he's not in the game. He's literally celebrating their success. And, man, he he could be a completely different player next year with a full summer and a full fall. Arce, do you agree with that? Do you think he should come back? I think it depends on where he's drafted. If he's if he's top ten, no, I, I don't think he. You can't come back if he's if he's going to be top fifteen. He can't come back. Now I do think if he was to come back, if he was a late first round pick and he decided to come back and he could improve his draft status, then that's a different conversation. If if someone was to say he was going to go in the late twenties, but if he's top mm-hmm. ten or top fifteen, then I, I just don't know how he can come back to school. I think at that point, that development has to take place at the NBA level, whether it's G League or whatever it is. Um, you just have to take your chances with that. So everything's predicated to me on truly where he's where he's projected to go. Yeah, uh, look, we'll see on this USC team. They've played some some really good opponents at Auburn. I mean, that could be one of those. I know, I know they got punched in the mouth. They got smacked around a little bit. But Auburn's a good team, and you're there. And, and maybe that's the kind of game that can help you in January and February, especially if Bronny develops. So we, we shall see. In terms of the Pac-12 race, while, while we are on the subject here, um, Arizona clearly the favorite. Is there a is there another team? And there are a couple in there. There are a couple in there that feel kind of sneaky. But is there another team in the Pac-12, Matt, that you think can can really push them and you know maybe make a maybe make a, a run at the title? I, I mean, I really believe Colorado is the only one um, as of right now that can do it. I mean, when you look at what they've done, they lose to Colorado State. That's not a bad loss. I mean, we'll get into them later in the show. I mean, Colorado State's a really really good basketball team. They lose to Florida State, who's having a down year, but that game was also in Daytona Beach, Florida. They blow out Miami, who's a team that's kind of still trying to figure it out. But you look at their offense, almost six guys averaging double figures. K.J. Simpson, 20 per game, shooting 50% from three. They have the 14th-ranked offense in the country. I think they're the team just because of how good they are on the offensive end of the floor that can push Arizona. I, I don't know if there's another team based on the numbers and based on where we stand right now that we can put in that category. I, I think Colorado is the one team right now that, that can. I, but does I, it kind I of feel like you, we're I, like, I think that game. Go ahead, John. I was just going to say, RC, does it kind of feel like we're like forcing that answer in that Arizona is just, to so complete uh, because, that they no, may run away with me, it. Now, yeah, I, I, I feel like Arizona is top two team in the country, and I, I really think they're that good, and I think they're fine at four good, and I don't I don't know many people that would argue against that. Now, when you get in the conference play, it's, it's challenging. It's always difficult, but uh, Colorado was, I think, the, the one team I think could, could give them some difficulty in. And I think Washington can give them some, some, some run. I think Washington can give it a good run at it. Uh, you know, they've beaten Gonzaga. They, 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 they've shown, you know, that they, they, can, they can win big games here this year. So can they sustain it? I don't think anybody as talented as Arizona. I mean, mm-hmm. there's only one team that I think is better than them right now, and that's Purdue. And if they play next time they play on a neutral site, uh, which they did, but it felt like it was Purdue. But if they meet again, I just feel like uh, Arizona could beat Purdue. Um, so I think they're that good. And, and I just, it's not that I don't think Colorado can beat them this year. 
or Washington can win a game. I don't think they're going to Arizona's going to go undefeated in the Pac-12, but I do think they're they're head and shoulders above everyone else and I I think they'll lose maybe two or two two games or so all year, two to three tops in the Pac-12. I just think they're that good. So it's a credit to Arizona more than it is yeah. uh, everyone else cuz this Oregon team we saw tonight if they get healthy, they can make it things get interesting as well. So Beyond that, I don't UCLA. This is this isn't a good year for them. They're down. We mm. we know that. Mm. Uh, USC is the same. So uh, I think those four teams will be the teams that we see at the at the top of the Pac-12 when it when it all said and done. I, I want to stay on Arizona here for just a second because we were. I, I'm pretty sure we were all on that preseason top 25 show and we had that discussion about Caleb Love specifically. Um, and I and I know his splits aren't much different from a season ago. But when you watched Arizona, when you watch him play, you know, there was this sort of perception about this young man that he was corrosive, you know, whoever that was coming from, that wherever he went, it was just going to be all about Caleb Love and you can't win with Caleb Love and it's all about him, him, him. And looks to me like, I mean, he hit some huge shots against FAU, Matt. I know they didn't get fault, but, I mean, he was absolutely massive and he's been massive for this Arizona team. So what does it say, you know, about Caleb and maybe about the situation in Arizona that he's been able to fit in and and be a team guy and again help this team to be one of the potentially two best in the country. Yeah, I mean if I mean they missed two layups down the stretch of the game against FAU. I mean th- they had the game, right? And he missed one of them. I mean, I had him as the other night on the field of 68 as as my top transfer in the country strictly because of the narrative that was put out there about him last year and Almost kind of he was the reason that Carolina is not having the success that Carolina had previous season in playing for the national championship. To be able to go out to Arizona and do what he's doing and Arizona being one of the best teams in the country, I think is extremely impressive. And that's a credit to Caleb Love. That's a credit to him because the narrative out there, like you alluded to, it was a negative one. I mean, there was nobody talking mm-hmm. about him in this positive light, like, hey man, this is a great, this is a great get for Arizona, I was like, oh, no, they shouldn't take him. He's the reason Carolina was bad this year and didn't make a run back to the Final Four. No, man, that's a, that's a credit to him. And that's why I think he still is one of the best transfers in the country and um, that, that they're having the success that he – it's almost like he's liberated too. He can go out there and be himself and play the way that he wants to and maybe with less expectations than he did last season. And I think expectations are one of the hardest things to deal with in sports – and he just looks like a different player. And I don't think mm-hmm. there's anyone that's challenging those guys in the Pac-12. You know, Colorado, you know, maybe the one team that can do it. But credit him and credit for him going out there and connecting that team. And, and you know, you can see there's no issues in their locker room like maybe there were last year at Carolina. And that's why, you know, it, it probably wasn't his fault. Yeah. RC, RC got about a minute here. Uh, how freeing is it just as a player – you know, go into a situation like that where it, there's a winning expectation and, you know, you can still do you. I mean, let's be honest. This split worked out for both teams, right? I mean, yep. he's an explosive guy. He scares the hell out of you, you know, because he gets it going. You got your hands full. Like, let's let's be clear. And he's fit in nicely at Arizona. Um, I, like we said, we, we, we've spoken about them enough. I think they'll be there in the end. And Carolina, who we're not talking about much tonight, I, I think they're playing as well as anyone right now, and they're not complaining about where they are. So the transition for both was really good. Just really happy for this kid because the narrative yep. was really unfair to him. 
and he's landed in a great spot and he's playing on a great team and he, they'll, they'll have something to say about it. And he gets a chance to win a natty. We may have two contenders outside the power five at FAU in Memphis. And we're going to handicap that AAC race when we get back, stick around. You watch a field of 68 after dark. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts so download the bet mgm app today all right we're back welcome back to field of 68 after dark one of the last shows of 2023 the year of course and we'll turn our attention to january 2024 getting into conference play um man it's about to get really real in college basketball there's no doubt about it any of you guys got big plans for new year's eve or are we are we out of that phase Dude, I'm out of that phase, man. I want to be in bed. I'm not. I don't even watch the ball drop anymore. Right? My family, oh, man. Long Island. They're they're there in Long Island, New York. Like I'm, man. I'm gonna be chilling. I, if I don't have the field of 68, I can promise you one thing: I will not be up when that ball drops. I will be in my bed, <laughs> sleeping, sound asleep. I'll wake up the next day, New Year's Day. It's a Southern tradition. I'll have my black eyed peas and collard greens because. That's good luck. Grandma McCall used to always do that, so I'll do that on New Year's Day. But when that ball drops, John Martin, I will not be awake. I can promise you that. RC, you're an empty nester, though, man. I know you're going to be doing something, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll I tell you what. I can. I might stay awake to see the ball drop, but at 12.01, I'm in the bed. So, <laughs> so again <laughs> – why We're so wise. Celebrate it. It's going to be literally like, hey, congratulations. I'm going to give her a kiss and then I'm going to bed. There you go. Well, uh, uh, perhaps uh, pretty much anything is more exciting than our New Year's Eve plans, clearly. Uh, but the race in the AAC most definitely is. Uh, you've got two teams in Florida Atlantic, number seven in the AP top 25, and Memphis, number 19 in the AP 25, that are. On a collision course here uh, in the AAC. Funny enough, they're not going to even see each other until February. So they're going to they're going to get real fat and happy in the AAC, stacking up some wins before they do. But Matt, obviously, we'll start with you. Um, when you sort of look at these two teams, um, FAU kind of comes in replacing Houston as that top spot. You know, how close are these two teams right now, in your opinion? John, you know the deal. 
<laughs> Memphis is really good. Okay, I, I can't just sit here and get on my FAU soapbox. I mean, M- Memphis is really, really good. I mean, their only two losses are to Ole Miss and Villanova. Um, you know, I mean, you look at how Penny's scheduled. He's got wins over Arkansas, Michigan, at Missouri, at VCU, at Texas A&M, Clemson, Virginia. And like, I mean, Penny stacked his schedule, and those guys are really, really good, okay? Jones has been outstanding, getting 20 a game. Quinterly has been unbelievable, almost five assists per game. And you look at these two teams, and, I, you know, I, I would put them – against anybody in the country. And we, we know what FAU can do. You know, I think the thing with FAU is we haven't seen them at full strength yet. You know, you got Elijah Martin coming off an injury. He missed basically two months leading up to the season. And then Nick Boyd goes down. He misses five games. And he only played, I think, 12 minutes versus Arizona. But the most impressive thing is, is and we saw this at the Field of 68 tip-off down there at FAU, was – you know, they beat Liberty. John L. Davis doesn't record a field goal, and he's out there celebrating his team's success. Nick Boyd plays 12 minutes versus Arizona. He's the first guy off the bench to run over and hug John L. Davis after that ridiculous performance that he's had. So that, to me, you know, and I sound like a broker record on this show, that's culture, and that's what separates FAU in terms of Memphis a little bit in this situation why I would give them the slight edge is just because I've seen them more, but I also witnessed those players celebrating each other's success. But make no mistake about it, Memphis is for real. Penny Hardaway in his six seasons as head as a head coach has grown. He's developed. You know, I was pulling up his numbers as an NBA player because I was a huge Magic fan. And when Shaq left the Magic, I was devastated because that was the closest NBA team to my my house. And you know, like his NBA career, you know, in terms of him being a head coach, of course he's taken things away from the NBA, but you also have to learn who you are. You have to learn who your culture is. You have to learn how you're going to manage your staff and who do you want around you and things like that. And he's learned that. And that team is for mm-hmm. real. I mean, that is a final four caliber team in this AAC. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, it really is. I, John, I don't know if you're going to – is that game at home for FAU in February? Is it a week weekday game? Think, Do you I know? Think, I think I think it's I, – I always get this confused. I think it is there, though. I think it is there, the first one. Okay. But if it's a weekday game, because if it's a weekend game, I'll either be in studio or have a game for NBC. But if it's a weekday game, we may need to get you to come down mm-hmm. here and me and you are going to go watch that game together. We're going to sit right next to you. I'm going to be coming up there. Yeah. I'll add this. I think the difference who who wins the league is I think they both went at home. Uh, I think they're that mm. close. I mean, that, that's a coin flip either way. I think they split at home. And who avoids a slip up in conference play mm. Mm. at UAB, at Tulane or somewhere? Who slips up? I think that decides who wins the the AAC, I, I think is that close. I mean, uh, John, you know, we, you know, I called the Memphis UVA game and blown away. And and Matt, you mentioned that, you know, FAU hasn't been hasn't hasn't been fully healthy. Well, hell, Memphis is getting Tomlin. They just added Tomlin like, like two weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about another 
really good player being added to that lineup, which has size, which has length, it has depth. Yep. Uh, that team is really, really, really good. And and if those like their their teams that I, I can't even say they're sneaky picks to get you know to maybe reach Phoenix because if you've watched them play, you're not surprised. Obviously, FAU went there a year ago, and and you know how I feel about Dusty May. I've said they're the most connected. Yep. Fun group of guys watch the most unselfish group of kids like watching college basketball. And uh, they, they, they're fun to watch. And I've said that when they play that way, they don't care who gets the shot. They just want to get the right shot. And that is something that's incredibly hard to teach. Uh, you know, with Vlad Golden in his side, I don't think he ever gets enough credit for what he does for that team. And uh, I, the coach you mentioned before, just a credit to them, uh, what they've done and. But I, I think this is the best Memphis team that Penny has had. And I, 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 their length, their athleticism, they got a guy, they got a closer. Uh, it's, it's just to me, it, it, being honest, I think it's going to boil down to they're going to win at home and then who can avoid a slip up on the road? You know, because the only massive difference in that, I think, is just, you know, is Memphis can, can struggle from behind a three-point line. Where they go on the road, and someone zone them or something like that for 40 minutes and they just don't make shots. What can yep. they avoid that slip up? If they can avoid that, yep. this this thing will be a it's it's a toss up. Well, a flip. I I I totally, I totally agree with RC on that. I, I think it's a complete coin flip. I think the thing with FAU too is as you look at Vlad Golden, who's been one of the best front court players in the country up to this point in the season, Elijah Martin and John O. Davis, you got three all league caliber players. But then you have Greenlee, Nick Boyd, Gaffney, Weatherspoon, Giancarlo Rosado, Brennan, Lorient, like, and those guys, they would be superstars at a lot of different programs in the country. And it seems like, I mean, I don't think Greenlee gets enough credit for how he's played mm -hmm. up to this point in the season. And Gaffney is showing what he can do. And Nick Boyd makes the layup against Memphis last year to beat them in the NCAA tournament. Like, that's the thing with FAU that's so impressive is – you know those three guys are all league caliber players, but that next group of guys, man, those guys could be averaging 30 mm -hmm. minutes a game at the majority of schools across the country, and they all buy into their roles. And that is mm -hmm. extremely impressive about this team. Man, look, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I get I get you know, shit basically from Memphis fans because I've, I've been talking – really highly of FAU since the season started. Every time I tweet about FAU, like they tell me like, go cover FAU, move to move to Florida if you love them so much. Um, I've had great respect for them. And I, man, when when you get down the way they got down against Arizona, like Arizona was shooting them out the gym. And it says a lot about them and their experience and their toughs. They were able to claw back in that game uh, and, and obviously win it, even if they wouldn't not have won it they were back in it i thought said a lot um I, i'll say this fellas um as, as far as this season goes like i i think either of these teams could win the whole thing i, I really believe that uh, i don't think there's a super dominant team we know what you know Purdue's sort of demons when they get to march i think you know it is not out of the realm of possibility that with i mean they're, they're just complete man and now memphis adds tomlin as rc mentioned like and he's going to get better than what he showed against vandy you know, uh, he's going to he's going to start, start to acclimate. I think this is Memphis's best team since John Calipari was on the sideline since 0708. 
um, because they have everything licked. They have the All-American score. They have the point guard. They have the big man. They have, uh, you know, really good depth pieces in Malcolm Dandridge and Nick Jordan. Um, I, and I think the same is true of FAU. If we looked up in, in three months and uh, either one of these teams is there in the end, um, it would not be a shock to me at all. And as a matter of fact, fellas, this is where it comes in. I'm a, I'm a, this thing in the vault. Okay. I'm going to do it. Memphis is going to be in Phoenix. All right. Memphis is going to be in the final four and I'm putting it in vaulted vaulted an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It's the place to store your own bold predictions forever. And by using the vaulted challenge feature, you can prove that you are smarter than your friends. So go download the vaulted app and give it a try for free. Vaulted is spelled V-L-T-E-D, and it is the app to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without any entry fee. Download Vaulted today. Uh, do you have any? Do, do either of you have any issues with that opinion? That uh, obviously Memphis specifically, but that either one of these teams could win at all. That's a big statement, but I, I truly believe that. I believe it too. I, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, I, you know, and the thing about, you know, Penny, like, think about this six years as head coach, he's won 20 games every single year. So he's also gotten better and growing. Like, you hear me say that, but he's a really good basketball coach. To win 20 games every single year as a head coach, that's not an easy thing to do at a place like Memphis where there's high expectations. I'm I'm high on FAU. I'm high on Memphis. I, I would not be surprised if either one of those teams are in Phoenix at all. I was impressed with Penny as Penny the coach being able to watch them because it's not only is it hard, like you said, to win 20 games. It's really hard to do it when you lose your whole damn roster and you got to go in the, in the transfer portal and get an entirely new roster, like getting 10, 11 guys. Like, that's just not an easy thing to do. And then get them to come together with the schedule he put together. And prior to these guys going on Christmas break, they beat three straight ranked teams. Um, and that's that's impressive, man. A&M, you know, yep. they got a road win at VCU. They beat Clemson, uh, at Virginia at home. I mean, this team is – this is a damn good team with a lot of pieces, a lot of versatile pieces. Yep. I think that's what separates them than everybody else. They're versatile as hell. They can go big. They can go small. There's not a lot of teams that can attack you the way Memphis can attack you. They're going to be a tough-ass out. Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to talk about the Big East and the Big Ten, the Big 12. Man, stay woke on the AAC. That race is is going to be the most exciting in the country. All right? You like that? We'll come back talk about the most uh, disappointing teams and the biggest surprises in college basketball on the other side. You're watching Field of 68 after dark. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. 
1500 Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts so download the bet mgm app today all right we're back welcome back to field of 68 after dark uh one of the last shows of the 2023 calendar year we'll of course be back chronicling all for the 2023-2024 college basketball season uh all right fellas so look we're wrapping it up and it is early i mean we're getting out of conference play or excuse me out of non-conference play officially and we're getting into uh conference play which is where it starts to get real but you know now's the time where we sort of take some stock right now's the time where we sort of survey the landscape and we do much to matt's chagrin we have to call out the disappointments but we're gonna call out the surprises too so we're gonna balance it out for you so let's let's start it off with uh you know you guys pick pick a superlative here uh each one of you we'll go with the biggest surprise one of you who are your biggest surprises for uh college basketball so far this year matt you're up i'm gonna go with oklahoma and the job that Porter Moser has done this year is teams off to a i think 11 and one start now they they won tonight wins over providence USC, Arkansas, Iowa. Their only loss was to Carolina uh, at the Jumpman Invitational. I don't know how Carolina would ever lose the Jumpman Invitational. I don't think the basketball gods would allow that. Uh, but 15 and 17 last year to to see the way that Porter has those guys playing this year at 11 and one. I, I, that's a surprise for me, and it, it's super impressive. And we all know he was a good coach, and it, you know he. For what he did at Loyola Chicago, it was only a matter of time before he got it rolling at Oklahoma. And um, that's a surprise for me uh, to have that team at 11 and 1 and, you know, in prime position to, to win a championship as they move into conference play. RC, who you got? I like it. I got Colorado State. Um, I, I, I thought they'd be good, but I didn't think they'd be this good. And I didn't know anybody around me that told me they were going to be this good. So uh, you're talking about a team that this team has beat Creighton. It's beat St. Mary's. It's beat Colorado. It's beating Boston College. It's beating some really good teams early this year. And they're fun to watch. They're, they're a team that's, that's playing similar to what I've always say FAU plays like, a, a team that's just connected, playing together. The ball moves. This team averages 20 assists a night. So credit to Nico Medved and those guys in Colorado State having a hell of a year. I didn't think they'd be this good and they could beat anybody. Like they're, they're damn good and they're fun to watch. They're, they're, they're not a team that you want to play. They're playing really well right now. So that, I, that, that's been my biggest surprise this year. I thought they'd be okay, but not this good. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And then we move to the other side of the pendulum. I know you're not going to like this one, Matt, but it's on the block here. <laughs> Got to do it. Got to do it, brother. Biggest disappointment. John, John, so, so here's what I'm going to – you know my biggest disappointment? You know my biggest disappointment? And I know you're not going to like this. My biggest disappointment is that this is the last year of the Pac-12. 
that that that, that that's my <laughs> biggest disappointment. I, I can't go one team. I'm not going to say Michigan State. Well done. I'm not going to do that. Well done. This is the last season of that league where you have rivalries and it means something in Arizona and UCLA and this and battling against each other. It's late night college hoops. It gives us something to watch when we're up late at night as coaches, when we're worried about how we're going to guard a pick and roll the next day or whatever we got to do. And the only thing we turn on is on the East Coast is Pac-12 college hoops, and we don't have it anymore. That's my biggest disappointment, that this is the last year of that. We don't get it anymore. We don't get those rivalries, and that's disappointing. So I'm not going to single out a single team. I'm not going to single out Louisville because I know that's what you want me to do. I'm not going to call out Michigan State and Tom Izzo because they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk about my biggest disappointment is the Pac-12 is no longer. And I mean it. And I'm sticking with it. Well, you know, we might be able to add a a, a, a league to this really soon in the ACC. I mean, it may not. I mean, I don't know if RC grew up on your ACC news, bro. But it's getting a little – the, the, the ice is getting thin in the ACC. What are you talking about? I don't I – don't, I don't. Florida State wants out. Clemson wants out. Everybody wants out, man. Things about uh, to crumble. Listen, pretty, listen that, that's a whole – it's going to crumble for everybody because in a couple of years, if not next year, football is just going to go off and do their own thing and just right. stop all this foolishness and let the rest of the collegiate athletic sports just – Come together and and just play together and and just just let football go do its own thing. I think you know everybody's talking about it. We're not talking about football now, but that's a whole other thing. I I'll say this: my my disappointment so far, like I said, it's still early in the year. I think Michigan State's uh, low hanging fruit. I think it's easy to say those guys early. Uh, I'm not quite as convinced that they'll make it, but I, I you know I need to see more from them and the Big Ten, and they get in the conference play to be convinced that they're going to make it. I just think the weight of the expectations are always tough. Uh, but we talked about a team to start tonight, I think, that's been disappointing. And I, I think it's uh, – I think USC has been disappointing early this year, uh, excluding Bronny James. I thought this team would be a lot better than it's been so far. So disappointed in the start. Do I think they'll be better? They can figure some things out uh, with him coming back and his minute restriction and as he gets – as Bronny gets better, I think they get better, but I'm still expecting more with the talent that that team possessed early in the year. And uh, I'd also throw Goodman's uh, Final Four prediction prediction in there. I, I thought St. Mary struggled early, in, you know, to, to uh, the season Ooh, and was a little bit of a disappointment funny. early on. So, um, you know, let's so I'm disappointed there's some teams that have some that work one. to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that, that's the biggest disappointment. But Jeff could be on every disappointment. You know, you can exactly. you can have his, his picture frame. He could be With the London. poster child for disappointment. So, so oh, John L. Davis said he's a good guy. John L. Davis said he's a good guy. Hey, he he might he <laughs> may he be tried, that. He took him and bought him dinner. Damn. Come on, Nelly. Nelly's like, oh, good man, you're a good guy, right? <laughs> mm, yeah. His, hey, you his know what was disappointed in Goodman about when he when he did that interview was the shirt that he had on, man, the outfit that he had on. He's he, Come he on, had a nerd to wear t-shirt and shorts around these dudes. They all cut up and ripped in shape. Goodman comes out there with this flimsy ass t-shirt on, man. Like you can't, you can't, like you can't go rent, walking around looking for money. You you can't go rent a house down in Charleston for however long he does and not own a polo that you can put on and walk around in Come South on, Florida. Man. You gotta put a 
collar was all ripped. Hey. Collar was like down here. <laughs> hey, look, and at least go at least get some sun, man. Get tan before you go out and walk around to those guys on the beach. He's walking around, no, no tan, like he's been in Boston all year. Like, come on, Jeff. Do better. Do better. Did he have Tevas yeah. on? Did he have Tevas on? That's a Massachusetts Probably. thing. Did he have some Tevas on? I don't remember. I'm sure he did. Who knows? <laughs> I will say though, for my uh, you know, for my pale brethren, it's it's not easy for all of us. You know, some of us like I, when I try to get the sun, I I just turn red. I don't turn. I don't get tan. I turn red. It's just a. I'm <laughs> cursed, man. I'm cursed. Hey, Joe, you know, maybe you, who, who's been your who's been your disappointment? Yeah, who's come on, man. Team? Who would you add? Uh, it's been Creighton. It's been Creighton. Um, and and the reason why I actually got a chance to look at them up close in Vegas against UNLV. Now UNLV got boomed back that day because of the transfer thing, so that definitely gave them a boost. But I just I expected a, a Creighton to take a real step this year, coming off that Elite Eight last year. And they got out tough by San Diego State in that game, and the same things keep happening. You know, when they get up against these Mountain West type of teams that are kind of constructed one way, whether it's Colorado State, whether it's San Diego State, whether it was UNLV, you know, they're going to really struggle. Villanova the other night, right, those teams that are sort of hallmarked by toughness and just punching you in the, in the mouth, like when is Creighton going to punch back? when they get in those kinds of games. And I hear the same argument from, and I get it, and, I, and it's true that they can shoot anybody out of the gym, but when you get in the tournament, man, it's not about that. It's about punching back. And to me, Creighton has not shown the ability to do that over two years. And, and look, they made the Elite Eight, so it's hard to criticize them too much, but it's just like, okay, you're barely hanging on to the top 25 right now, and you haven't improved in this very specific area. You know, Can you do that on the fly? We'll see if they make some changes, but Creighton would be the answer for me. Um, but that's a high bar, right? It's like, you know, you're a top 10 team. You're not the top 10, top 10 anymore. Therefore, you're a disappointment. You're holding, you holding them to their standard. You're holding them to yeah. their standard. That's all. I mean, this is a exactly. good team. You're holding them to all a right. standard. Before we get out of here, toast of the night, gentlemen. And then, of course, if you have in the chat, we're going to head over to stadium. Uh, and we're going to be answering those over uh, at last call. But, uh, Matt, start with you. Light night in college basketball. But if, if there is anybody locked in, Okay, to what's going on around the country. I know it's you. Who are we toasting tonight? I, you know what I want to toast? I want to toast what we were talking about. I want to toast the AAC. I want to toast the matchup <laughs> between Memphis and FAU because me and you are going to be dialed into that matchup. That's right. It's going to be fun to watch. I know it's not until February, but to see how the whole conference shapes out and, and to RC's point, you know, who doesn't lose a bad game or who doesn't lose it? That's who's going to play for the championship. I mean, we could toast Oregon. They had a good win. I was going to toast my man, John Pelfrey from Tennessee tech, but they, they dropped one tonight to, to Arkansas little rock. So um, light night in, in college hoop. So I'm going to, I'm going to toast the AAC and we're looking forward to that matchup between FAU and Memphis. RC, what you got? It's a light night. It's a light night in college bas basketball. But I'm going to toast Fanta, John Fanta, because your Browns, who've been sorry your entire freaking <laughs> life, your entire life, your Cleveland Browns have sucked. And they clinched the playoffs today, brother. So I'm going to toast to you because you're the only you real go, Fanta. Cleveland Browns fan that I know. So cheers Come to you, on, Fanta. Fanta. Your Cleveland Browns. Congratulations. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
For sure. I, I concur. Uh, I, I'm going to just give it to Oklahoma. They continue to, uh, you know, win games, get the job done, rank to the top 12, they're undefeated at home. Shout out, to, shout out to the Sooners getting the job done. All right, we're going to head over to Stadium for last call, answer all your questions. Thanks for being with us tonight. For Matt McCall, for Randolph Children, I'm John Martin. This is Field of 68 after dark.